Archimax login confirmed. Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. to a lunar extravaganza episode of the LodgeCast. I'm your LodgeMaster with me as always is Brother Bishke. AMC to the moon. We got Brother Lucas in the back. I see a bad moon falling. And the, the last time we had our guest tonight on in person, it was for the classic film that everybody <laughs> knows and loves and can quote. Robert Darty Jr.'s Dr. Doolittle. Our guest is Brother Andrew. Woo! I am so lit up for the moon. He is back, y'all. What a movie for you to return for. <laughs> Tonight's film is Roland Emmerich's Moonfall. And all I know about this movie is that I saw the trailer and my brain forcibly powered down you know how you can put your mac into power nap mode mm -hmm. force quit that's what my brain did so i remember none of it and the only other thing i know is that i saw a headline of a review for it and the headline was simply one word moon fail <laughs> i would like to say it's melancholia directed by michael bay but in this case roland emmerich that's some love and light that's what we're looking mm. for let's talk Roland Emmerich. Bishke, you're the one that spearheaded us doing this movie tonight. I like disaster films in general, but I do like a film called The Day After Tomorrow oh, that Roland Emmerich did. <laughs> you do like, not like that. No, like, like really guilty pleasure, like no. la laughing throughout. Like, no, I just like disaster in general, but <laughs> especially on the big screen, like don't even bother ever watching this film, like on a smaller screen. Well, tonight like, no. we're getting the biggest screen available. It's IMAX. Oh boy. It should be 4DX, but, but I guess IMAX will suffice. Yeah. So that's your favorite role in Emmerich. Now for those uninitiated, he really came onto the scene with Independence Day ID4, right? No, Stargate. Stargate. But then, Stargate but then was Independence first. Day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Independence Day was what solidified his Correct. mastery yeah. of the format. Correct. What's yeah. interesting about this list of films is that from his name, I would have guessed he's somebody who directed Jeremy Irons in several pictures. Sure. It's yeah. a very high toned name, but. Highfalutin. He also he also is responsible for Godzilla 1998, which I walked out of at the original Burbank AMC 14, which I fell asleep during, which is one of the very very few movies that I have actually fallen asleep during in the theater. There's like four, yeah. and that's I, one I'll of tell them. you the exact moment I walked out. It's when Matthew Broderick's character goes, 
oh my God, Godzilla is asexual. And the woman character goes, what does that mean? And Matthew Broderick goes, it means Godzilla can reproduce without a mate. And then the woman character says, where's the fun in that? (laughs) See, I woke up when the little Godzillas were hatching and I was like, what the fuck is going on? So (laughs) that's what I must have missed. Yeah, no, there's a lot of Roland Emmerich I've not seen. There is one lodger that I know has seen this movie, a preview with Roland Emmerich, who is asking for feedback. He's seen Moonfall. So, someone we know Whoa. has seen Moonfall, and and Roland Emmerich is just out of his mind. Like, he just okay. doesn't know what's good and what's bad, and so that's the fun. He's of probably still stuck in the 90s in a lot of crucial ways. Yeah. So, Andrew, oh, that's do, you, positive. do you did you do any research on this? Absolutely not. Okay, perfect. The, the perfect. extent of my um, knowledge of this film is uh, my gal and I were taking a walk in our new neighborhood a couple of weekends ago on our way to a wine bar, oh. hoping to meet some other anonymous Roland Emmerichs. If, yeah, what, uh, what a Roland Emmerich activity. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, we noticed the billboard for Moonfall with the scrawls of graffiti upon it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> took note on the way towards the wine bar and um, maybe made some mild comments. And then on sure. the way back, Lee says, oh, that's part of the billboard. Yeah. It's the marketing. <laughs> oh. And then took photograph of it anyway not to post online or anything i think maybe just to look at later and then delete yeah um just to just to say this was a thing i actually did that very thing today in traffic at sunset in highland (laughs) when i saw the batman billboard and there's no titles there's no credits it's just like a black like cityscape with some red burning like in the background with Robert Pattinson in the Batman suit but it has like three-dimensional Batman ears that go above the billboard or whatever so it's like a 3D kind of billboard we're living in strange times on multiple fronts yeah, no there's a lot of in the valley on billboards there's a lot of graffiti and so the moonfall made me do a double take I was like Screw the moon. Who would graffiti? Th- and I was, oh, got it. Got it. Okay. What, what what really turned us was the absolute clarity with which the font saying to the moon or screw the moon yeah. was. And by the way, to the moon. Pow. Um, screw the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot <written>. the moon. <laughs> so the billboard says screw the moon on it? In graffiti. And, and yeah. yeah, that's in yellow. And then so in the edgy other. Bro, 1990s, bro. In the oh. other corner in uh, pink in the same um, meticulous graffiti font, because of course we write in <laughs> cursive. Um, in it's graffiti. called wild style. Yeah. <laughs> um, it says, you know, something else, uh, you know, whatever. It's, like F the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. Not memorable. Go Earth. And for the record, the moon like would never fall into Earth. It would just kind of, like, if it broke up into little pieces, it would just turn into the Saturn's rings, and it would just kind of, like, drift in space. So I'm not really sure how they, like, explain that. That's the hothead science corner. We're going to find out all the science. Now, Bishki, you have a little PSA. I have a couple PSAs. Okay. Number one PSA, if you're listening on Spotify, Spotify (laughs) now has ratings. Please just... Uh, go to the homepage of our podcast uh, on Spotify. Lodgecast. Lodge, Matt's Movie Lodgecast and click the five rating. If you would, so please do that. We got 13 ratings today. Do it for Bishop. And oh, I'm uh, do that. And so please do that. Light. Yes. Thank you. Love. You have to listen to a po- one of the episodes in order to rate it, but you're listening. So thank You're you. already there. Thank you. And 
Also, one week ago, I went to see Spider-Man. This is a scary story. Away from home. This is a scary story. Uh, I was in this very parking lot about 10 feet from here, parked in spot number 333. <laughs> Beware. At the AMC Burbank at the, 16. At the AMC in, in Burbank, Burbank 16. East Palm went, Avenue. Went up, watched the movie, came down, started my car. <laughs> Sorry for that. That's my catalytic converter that was stolen out of the Burbank AMC 16 parking lot. Oof. Only to say, protect your catalytic converters, ladies and gentlemen. Especially Put, if you have a Prius. Weld that it, shit to the under chassis. Yeah, especially if you have a 2008 Prius, weld it, lock it, shield it, whatever you have to do, because $3,000 later mm. is what mm. I spent <gasps> on Marvel's Spider-Man Never Going Home, No Way Home. and <laughs> No Cadillac Converter Home. It was a brutal night at the movies. And, and uh, you were going to see a superhero movie, which you claim to despise. No. So very odd, very odd happening. Everything was going wrong. They were <laughs> they were like doing redoing the wood floors in my apartment, so I had to get out. Oh. And then they and were you didn't like the movie, did and you? And the movie was too bones. So oh. the whole thing sucked. But it's just to say, protect your catalytic converters. There are thieves on the loose in these troubling times. Okay. Back into that parking space. And Back. actually, a two-bone movie would be an improvement for me after my two uh, experiences on the Lodgecast. I don't think the two movies I've seen add up to two bones, actually, oh, in, my, in my personal Tonight's reviews. bones are going to be rickety. <laughs> Tonight's are going to be rickety, but we got to look for love and light on the dark side of the moonfall. I suggest, if anybody's got any edibles, take them. If they got any smokables, smoke them because it's a long movie. Oh, yeah. This really? isn't short. Oh, I drank Why a blue are all moon. movies now two and a half hours? Oh, don't tell me this. It's out of control. Don't so tell me this. Just I drank a blue moon. I'm going to drink more blue moon. Just settle in, get on the wavelength. Uh, and Houston, we have a problem. Look, <laughs> look for the good stuff. Look for it. Dig I'm going to be it. looking. Let's climb those steps and fall for that moon, y'all. Let the moon fall. Under the blue moon, I saw you. So soon you'll take me up in your arms too late to beg you. Or cancel it, though I know it must be the killing time. For landing, we're back from Moonfail, y'all. Oh. Oh. oh, the moon hath fallen. Rain. Oh my God. <laughs> to oh. the moon, Alice. Well, straight to the moon. First things first. That theater was a ghost town. <laughs> yeah, that theater was a there. fucking had ghost some, town. Had some cavities. Invitingly empty, I would say. Very empty. I think everybody who was at the theater was at Moonfall. I, I really do think that because there was nobody in the lobby. Mm -hmm. Based mm -hmm. on the bathroom line and situation, yeah. <laughs> and there wasn't a lot of people at Moonfall. <laughs> the no. IMAX was maybe 5% capacity. Movie yeah. theaters are in trouble, y'all. Yeah, we're riding it to the end. Every movie we see, we must enjoy it as if it were our last. Though tonight made it 
exceedingly difficult. AMC to the moonfall. I guess all those disaster movies aren't a metaphor about climate change. They're a metaphor about movie theaters. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what it is. I was standing in this empty lobby and, you, you know, you can hear a pin drop, basically. And so I heard Lucas's voice all the way over in MacGuffin's interrogating the bartender, asking if there was any exclusive movie-specific drinks he could buy. And she said, oh, not this week. Maybe next week, though. <laughs> that's where we're at. Pretty I, soon that's going to be popcorn. Is I, there popcorn you here? You not close. I had to order just a plain old hurricane. Oh, and yeah. Not but, tied to any movie. But Bishke thought on his feet. I've been doing the blue moon. I did blue moon at Yard House. Blue and a, moonfall. And a, and a blue moonfall at, uh, at the uh, MacGuffins. That's cool. And then, Andrew, you took... The cup from the yard house. A glass. A yeah. glass. <laughs> a glass yeah. from the yard house. Yeah. He was more prepared than any of us. Mm -hmm. I had oh, two. yeah. He had gummies. I came with two beverages. One was uh, my leftover tea from my leader uh, that I make in the morning that was quite herbal. Um, <laughs> and then I also had a bottle of water as a backup. And the third thing was also a flask of whiskey. Of course, that's but, the key ingredient. But, yeah, mm. but without a, a fourth thing to put those two together, where does one go into? Thus, the yardhouse glass. Yeah. You were mixing drinks for the entire movie. And How did you get it into the AMC theater, though? I didn't even notice it Dude, when you walked in. I, I had two um, unused napkins from my wings, and I stuffed those into the glass to prevent any drippage in case it didn't stay Lucas, vertical. you think security is tight? <laughs> There's no security no, left security. No, I They're just mean like I was standing next to Brother Andrew when they checked our tickets and he had no jingling, no ice in a glass. Like I didn't, a pro. I, didn't, I didn't even know. Because like, he's Houdini. a pro. And he knew we were about to face Moonfall. And before we fucking talk about this thing. What's that shot? Rotten Tomatoes.com in a moonfall. A mysterious force <laughs> knocks the moon from its orbit around Earth and sends it hurtling on a collision course with life as we know it. With mere weeks before impact and the world on the brink of annihilation, NASA executive and former astronaut Joe Fowler, Academy Award winner Halle Berry, <laughs> is convinced she has the key to saving us all. But only one astronaut. She's convinced? I guess so. Oh. But only one astronaut from her past, Brian Harper, Patrick Wilson, Midway, and a conspiracy theorist, Casey Houseman, John Bradley, Game of Thrones, Believe her, these unlikely heroes will mount an impossible last-ditch mission into space, leaving behind everyone they love, only to find out that our moon is not what we think it is, period. Jesus, even that schnapps. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a little long. The word executive was used. Well, make no mistake. There's no reason to be coy about this. This is a plump, golden, big-budget, goofy-as-hell, megaton, turkey Basted in Lucas's tears. Yeah. <sighs> Basted in the sweat of my anger. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. Well, but you know, was... Did anyone else count oh. how long the average shot on screen lasted? Did you actually count like I did? Do you want to know how much? You want to know how long? Why don't you go ahead and tell us? One Mississippi. And before I said <laughs> one Mississippi, it probably cut into the next shot. So it's less than a second long. And in rare occasion for every 10 shots, there might have been one or two that were two seconds or three seconds. But on average, seven out of 10 shots was one Mississippi. One yeah. Mississippi. You can't really accuse it of like starting too slow or anything. It is off to the races. 
Cold open. I think it was a fine pace. Africa, Toto. <laughs> it makes Transformers Dark of the Moon look like Citizen Kane. <laughs> the, ver- the first scene, they're doing some maintenance in space to, you know, one of their gadgets up there. And they're listening to Africa by Toto. And they are lightheartedly discussing misheard lyrics to it. And if that stupid George Clooney movie... In Gravity space. 2013. No, the other one. Um, the one that Solaris? we did. No. no. What was the it other called? One. Uh, oh, 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 don't tell me, don't tell me. Um, it was Netflix. Yeah, it was like an ice movie where the girl's following him. He's all bent yes. out of shape. They're what? flicking peas. Oh, what is it called? We watched God this. We lodged cast oh, this and we can't man, remember it. It's called something. Well, omniscient editorial don't. <laughs> Do your thing. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Uh, time out. Brother Anthony here hijacking this omniscient editorial note. How dare you guys forget the title of the majestic George Clooney P. flicking sci-fi sad-daster classic, The Midnight Sky. Have you no decency, brothers? Have you no decency for shame? Love and light. But if that fucking movie taught us anything... If anything lighthearted is being discussed out in space, especially if you're fixing something, tragedy is about to unfurl mm-hmm. upon <laughs> upon At the warp characters. speed. Hmm. And that's what happens. I mean <sighs> I it's it's so exhausting to even begin to talk about yeah, this movie. My brain is so fried. It's so oh. fried. The movie is so long. The whole thing is about the moon going out of orbit. Why yeah. is it going out of orbit? Well, why? 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 Yeah, is it a simple, you know, cosmic physics? Uh, universe is expanding. No, nope. no. Nope. Black Ta- hole sucking in all gravity, source of light. Nope, Ta- nope. Take a drink, folks. It's e- a mega structure. Decepticon. Every time, Decepticon, <laughs> every time someone says the compound word mega structure, you take a drink. And As you, Andrew did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you'll be. Yeah, the, the, the megastructure was exciting me at the beginning. <laughs> I really liked how far they went in on that. So our main team is Patrick Wilson, who plays Brian. And he's got a great dye job, folks. No gray here. <laughs> you got Halle Berry, who Halle barely figures into anything, really. Oscar winner, oh, if you really man. think about Halle it. Barry, who Some also had lines. a dye job. No gray there either. Some of the lines she had to say. Oh, and then man. the dude from Game of Thrones for comic relief. And he's the one that is mainly talking about mega structures. No dye job there. No but. dye job needed. But his mustache needed some trimming. And he, I, di- I noticed that too because I was so fucking bored. But they give him dialogue that is just sucking up to Elon Musk. Well, like, they do that. But he also has the kind of dialogue that used to be reserved for clever, like, 14-year-old sidekicks in Indiana Jones in order to keep the kids interested. Yeah. The problem is he's an adult, and he's actually (laughs) saying these things to keep the adult interested, (laughs) theoretically, is what the people in the writer's room seem to think. We're slipping. And Roland Emmerich was in the writer's room. He's one of three credited writers. And the man must have been going through a divorce while writing this, because... In the first hour, every conversation that is had between two adults is about raising their child right or, you know, it's it's between divorced exes. You're 100% <laughs> right, because not <laughs> so only that, snippy. but Ronald Elmerich killed his ex-wife's boyfriend, because that's like how bitter he is about his wife leaving him for another man. Oh, uh, 
Excuse me? <laughs> in the movie. In the movie. Oh, yeah, he yeah. Michael Pena. Michael Pena just like slowly suffocates to death and drowns or dies in a slow, miserable, <laughs> slow motion death. And it's because Ronald Emmerich wrote that death scene because in like, real world, his wife left him for another man. And that's how he's processing and dealing with it. I thought we had a, a I, I Hollywood like, minute there. I was like, Ron's gay. I don't think he had an ex-wife. <laughs> I just mean metaphorically. Okay, emotionally, sorry, sorry. Okay, I'm he's sorry. bitter that he's alone yeah. in his mansion. And so he's going to kill Michael Pena's character, but no other character. And more on that scene later. But. The, the fact is, though, both of those protagonists ha- are are divorced for no real no reason. character reason. Yeah. Nothing in the entire first act, nothing happens for a reason. No. And the directing is so bad and the writing is so bad oh, yeah. that to me, actually, after marinating in it for half an hour, I thought, holy fuck, the synergy of absolute crap. Yeah. It's almost a miracle. And no. crap directing. Oh, it really got to that. This is so bad. It is good. <sighs> yes, Sweet spot for it me. Did. And it, wow. it's, it actually stuck there like a good little parasite for about 20 <laughs> minutes. And the reason I say parasite is because that scene, when they go into the hole of the moon, yeah. is a perfectly adequate echo of the for best scene in Parasite <laughs> where you go down that tunnel and you don't know what's going to be in it. That's true. Very astute, Andrew, and very nice of you to try to lift this into the loved light of a far superior <laughs> film. This is an H Brothers production, and we haven't encountered them in a while here on the Lodgecast, but a telltale sign that they are courting the Chinese market is the fact that, like with so many other movies, big budget Hollywood movies nowadays, there is a character who is Chinese and speaks Chinese who has nothing to do with the plot. It's Mm -hmm. this nanny character. That whole substructure needed to... And I bet the version released in China has her in a much bigger role. Like, maybe she Hmm. even goes to the moon or something. But (laughs) the fact that she's in this... And literally at the end when when <sighs> when everybody's like hugging, everybody just kind of looks at her and shrugs because she's got she's got no loved ones. She's got no connection to the plot <laughs> that whatsoever. It was a beautiful moment of it was total hilarious. Very much like the Meg or something like that. Yeah. Very much. I thought of the Meg, yeah, yeah, you're right. I thought of Bishki, we went to a film once in Las Vegas to escape the heat a oh, little it, film called Geostorm. Oh, I slept through that one, yeah. <laughs> And also, I never saw it, but the movie The Core with uh, Hilary Swank from the early odds. I also, mm. during the lockdown, tried to stream Greenland with Gerard Butler, and I only made it 20 minutes in before I turned it off. <laughs> I'm so, I am... Uh, did he pass on this? Like, how is Gerard Butler not the star of this? A lot of people passed on this. Yeah, I have yeah, a trusted yeah. source, so <laughs> trust oh, did me. You? Yeah. yeah. The Game of Thrones guy wasn't their number one no. pick. And somehow we ended up with Patrick Wilson, who... Who's now a director. <sighs> making so one of the Annabelle movies. What am I supposed to know that guy from? Uh, the the child pe- pedophilia movie. Uh, what was it called? Little children, Little children. or hard candy? Okay. Or hard candy, yes. He looked to me like someone trying to channel... Adam Scott, Paul Rudd, and Will Arnett, if all three of them had zero sense of humor. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's it. And zero gray hairs. The Game of Thrones guy has a cat named Fuzz Aldrin. Yes. Who he meets in the Matrix, like, white room. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Fuzz comes back at the end. Did anyone smile at Fuzz Aldrin? I did. I I thought that was... Nope. I I thought that was... They shot Fuzz wrong. That was... Should (laughs) have shot him from the Game of Thrones guy's POV, but they kept shooting him from the floor, which doesn't match. I was laughing at it. (laughs) 
I liked the the awkward smirk on the cat's face, like it knew this was shit. That's the cat true. was yeah. way too sedate for the moon crashing into Earth when they were evacuating his Alzheimer's mom. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Why was he so sedate? Cat would be fucking gone. Well, everybody would be screaming, and actually, that was another major thing I had before I started accepting the absolute shit DNA strand twining that that turned it into an actual superstructure of wonderfulness. Yeah, yeah for, the, for a the, good the moon, run, the moon good is minute. not the moon. The moon is a hollow megastructure that uh, is it alien life billions yes. of years ago. Yeah, alien tech. It reminded me of the Matrix Resurrections when the computer programs goes from the computer world to the real world, and they have these kind of like desk uh, object art, like what were those things called where you put your hand or your face in those yeah. little like like nails and the nails would like take the shape of your hand or your yeah. face. It's like nano nanotech. Yeah. Little, little beads of yeah. tech. It was the new Morpheus and Matrix Resurrections in Moonfall, but as like the moon killer or something. And it's a big like eel. Like the, the abyss worm, the water worm from the abyss, but with like metal nails. But we're getting ahead of ourselves because far earlier in the film, decades earlier in the film. Yeah, 11 years to be exact. There's, or 12 years. There's a uh, there's a flood that that hits. And I was sitting as far away as possible from Bishki, but I could feel his disaster bones rising during that sequence. Like, finally, there's some destruction that you crave. Look, I was laughing <laughs> throughout <laughs> at least the first hour, like, Every minute. And like, you were sitting right next to Lucas, who was doing some of the deepest sighs yeah. I have ever heard. Yeah. And I've heard some deep sighs. These were like deep, moon no, deep. I, I remember now why I like Day After Tomorrow so much, because I was just like, I just imagining the thousands of people that spent months of just their staring lives staring at this shit, looking at a screen, creating, like, it just boggles the mind yeah. how, how people put their life into these movies and like, you just laugh and i just laugh because <laughs> it's like independence day i hated as a really te teenager okay because i was just like this is so dumb but right. we're like we're like 20 years down i the didn't road. high five anyone when will smith punched the alien i'm no, sorry no like he, it was that was dumb back then like we're beyond like we're the, beyond dumb the level now. of brain dead <laughs> yeah it wasn't monday morning at the water cooler talking about oh they used the nukes finally to kill the aliens yeah. or whatever no the level of brain dead roland steps to here but I, I i have to say i loved watching all the disaster crap yes sure i like, always do give me all of the floods and fires and uh bombs falling and then people extremely soberly and calmly giving long line delivery oh. with full articulation and lots of pauses even though everything seems to be falling apart so yeah. much exposition just dumped in your ears oh by the end of it i was just saying jesus christ as loud as i could because it was insulting it's it true offensive it, it's true uh we got a bishki bathroom blooper bishki's bathroom bloopers sorry through and, th through and through, you don't even know what you missed. I you don't. were having so much fun, and yeah. then you got up and left, and the entirety of the esteemed Donald Sutherland's performance. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah, well, Bishki was like, I didn't know Donald Sutherland was yeah. this during the credits. And I was like, what are you talking about? You the wheelchair the was the whole yet. thing. Oh, it wasn't man. even a Skype performance. It was a real he was deal there, and on he the sound, set. And he sounded congested. Mm. You missed it. And the and final performance. The idea probably. was 
he was like, too bad. you see him at the beginning of his scene, of his three-minute scene. Halle Berry's like hacking the mainframe, and he's like, Halle Berry, this is top secret. What are you doing? He's <laughs> loading a gun on his desk. He goes and talks to her, and then as he's leaving, he says, I have some unfinished business on my desk. So the idea is he's about to kill himself with okay. what he knows. Okay. Oh, I missed that part. So there was I no... There, <laughs> listen, I was locked in. So and Bishke just waltzed right back in right after <laughs> right after Donald Sutherland wheeled off the screen. So he was there, and I doubt he will ever see this movie. I, no. I just doubt it. I, I think he's like, time is precious. No, he was not at the premiere <laughs> from what I could see. Halle Berry at one point says very earnestly, the sand in the hourglass is dropping quickly for all of us. And she is so earnest in this that that's what really makes it feel to me like just a dyed-in-the-wool 70s disaster turkey. Like, there is no humor in her performance at all. Mm -mm. Like, it is just straight on cheese. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she could have done anything differently. You know, like, how do you even... Her character was so nothing. Like, how do you even do that correctly? It's so badly written from the beginning. I think she just knew that, and she's like, it's a big payday. Oh, they all got paid. Everybody got paid full freight. No one's coming out of bed in the morning for scale on this bullshit. And Halle Berry is the only one with the digital makeup smoothing treatment on her face. Mm -hmm. So when she's in a scene with, like, four other people, she looks like a CG character. Because yeah. she's so smooth. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a Luke Skywalker, Boba Fett, Mandalorian cameo. Like yeah. the Game of Thrones dude didn't get that treatment. <laughs> Mustache certainly didn't. <laughs> they would have smoothed out that stash so quickly. And that's what I loved about most of the characters is when the moon started destroying the Earth, they were all camera ready. And even Patrick Wilson in certain scenes, his hair was... Or no, no, not even Patrick Wilson. The Game of Thrones guy's hair was his perfectly hair was perfect. quaffed. It was perfectly combed, style. You got some product in there, some pomade. And I was like, really, dude? Like, and two he, hours in, you're still looking like a million bucks? And he says at one point straight up, I love Elon. What would then, Elon do? Yeah. yeah. What, what would Elon, Elon do? What would Elon do? He would ask his parents for more money so he could start his business. That's probably what he'd do. <laughs> SpaceX contributed. Lexus contributed heavily Heavily. to the movie. Lexus, uh, December to remember, sales event was all throughout. (laughs) There there is a line. If the moon is what you say it is, we're going to need a mega structurist. And there was a smattering of applause in the theater. (laughs) People were awake. People were. There were some people in the audience that were connected to the movie that were laughing when they were supposed to be laughing. It's it's great, and it just makes me lose more faith in humanity. Lucas's Lucas's head was in his hands. Of course, we're done. He was leaning all the way forward. Lucas, it wasn't even a bathroom blooper. It was a sanity necessity. Yeah, three of them. I think. I think he. Yeah, you left three times. And each time I leaned over to Andrew and I'm like, he's done. And I don't blame him. (laughs) He's done. He's doing it for his health. And then he would come back like five minutes later, three minutes later, just trudging back up the steps and back into his seat that doesn't recline. He could, the sweet escape of sleep eluded him. And so he leaned forward into his hands. And each time Andrew would mix another drink (laughs) and laugh. (laughs) All true. I have to say, there is a salad dragon in this movie. 
the Salad Dragon. A scene in a movie that is so bizarre, baffling, or transcendent that it instantly justifies the price of admission. Or Reese Witherspoon's leafy transformation in A Wrinkle in Time. And Lucas walked out in the middle of it. Well, I don't know what you think it is, but... I never would have guessed. Maybe there's another one. I, I'm going to call this out as a love and light salad dragon because I thought this sequence was legitimately awesome. It has to do with a gravity wave. So okay. the the trio is is trying to get in the ship and go back up to the moon to see what the hell's going on up there and, you know, confront this alien tech. And Patrick Wilson's son... And Halle Berry's son and the nanny are in a B story where we're following them trying to get out of there, too. And there's this gravity wave that's like this vertical wave of water that they just threw all the money at this sequence as it encroaches on the shuttle. And you don't know if it's going to take off in time and the camera's swooping through the wave. I mean, Bishki, come on. Yes. This That's is, what I'm here for. This is what it's all that about. That whole sequence. I mean, they stole the Endeavor from USC. It says, fuck the moon. They're flying. The wave is going to get Yes, the it. graffiti on the side of <laughs> the side of the shuttle was part of the movie. Yes. It said, fuck the, fuck the moon, not screw the moon. Not screw the moon. Fuck well, the moon. But in the billboard, it's screw the moon. Right. Yeah. yeah. It should have been <laughs> shoot the moon. Yeah. It should have been. Yeah. yeah, but they barely make it out of the gravity wave, like, and that's kind of where the my laughs. Once they get oh. into space, oh. but the gravity move or the gravity wave didn't land for me because I saw a movie called Interstellar where there's a fucking wave planet. So suck my balls, Nolan <laughs> yeah. Emmerich. All right, teabag my nutsack. <laughs> LT was not in the proper mood to enjoy the gravity wave, but I don't blame him. To me, I, I don't know why that one is a surprise. That one felt like that was like the culmination of. Uh, Didn't we yeah, see the gravity effects. wave in 2012 it's with John a, Cusack driving the limo? Listen. Like, no, no, no. Let's all agree. Did we not see a gravity wave in 2012? Sure. With John Cusack driving the limo. Wave. We've seen big old waves before, but listen. Which I think Ronald Emmerich directed as well, right? Am yeah. I wrong? Yeah, he did. Am I wrong? Did he not make 2012? See, I didn't see 2012. This so is but old. you saw the limo scene on YouTube though, right? No, I have not. With the the raising Arizona yodeling, am I the only one? No, am I the crazy person I'll, I'll in the car? I haven't seen it. We're getting off track. <laughs> well, Google that shit, Lodge listeners. He's heating up. The reason that it's the salad dragon is because to me, it's worth the price of admission. Maybe not on a full freight Monday night twenty dollar IMAX ticket. Good lord! But I would kill myself. But. <laughs> On a discount night? Whoa, oh, shit. The moon. The moon's the moon. crashing on us. The moon. Oh. Actually, the moon hurt us. <laughs> the moon is fucking with my stereo <laughs> system. I'm sorry. It's a one-way trip. Uh, they all thought I was a joke in the theater, I'm but I'm going to be a hero I'm in the sorry. parking garage. Okay. Okay. We're back. Sorry, Roland. Number's still moving, right? Yep, Roland. Yep, yep. Roland. That, <laughs> Roland, that Roland. very fitting. I felt the nanotechnology seeping into my pores. So anyway, that's the Salad Dragon. It's worth the price of admission. It's a good scene. Once they reach space and Bishki stopped laughing, there is a part where the nanotech alien swarm kind of surrounds the shuttle and Patrick Wilson and Game of Thrones guy are freaking out and Halle Berry looks like she's about to fall asleep. <laughs> like, I don't know if she didn't know the camera was on her or if she thought that the edible was hitting. <laughs> the edible was hitting or if she thought that that was like a stoic face. 
but she was like drifting out and that was like that was like giving me permission to try to drift out even though i couldn't <laughs> and then we get then we get the biggest exposition dump that was what i considered the salad dragging because it felt like a powerpoint presentation stuck in the middle of the movie to get on with explaining the complicated details justifying the moon as a megastructure it's a double dragon for I sure think it's a double dragon, yeah. for sure double dragon so what happens is they go inside the moon <laughs> and it's lo and behold, it's a mega structure down there. And they quickly through exposition that Halle Berry just kind of rushes through hilariously. She's like, it seems to me that there are two warring alien factions, one of which is trying to help us and one of which is trying to hurt us. All of which are our ancestors <laughs> from billions of years oh, ago. So Patrick Wilson goes into this white zone. The Matrix room. And Lucas's head is just buried in his fingers at this point. He's, he's in pain. And there is a digital representation of his son at a young age and at his current age. And they give him the exposition dump of the century talking about the origin of humanity. Because yeah. we're all dying to know, right? Like we're all looking minutes. at each other like, finally, and the way, we get to find out why the moon is falling. The way that this little kid... His, reads the dialogue. His, he's not acting. He's just reading cadence, a script. His, he is reading a script. His cadence in the booth. is the funniest thing I've ever heard, especially <laughs> when he's talking about AI. Yeah. Oh, my God. I recorded a little bit of it in the theater because oh, it was so yeah. fucking funny. Yeah. The future seemed limitless until one day everything changed. Their own creation turned against them. The AI suddenly became self-aware and transformed into countless swarms of nanotechnology that rose up all at once, refusing to be enslaved by a species it deemed inferior. But they said some shit about robots not being intelligent. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, AI is nothing but machine learning intelligence. Yeah. And then it's like, it became self-aware and then it became evil. It's like so far removed from Terminator 2. Like, that was like 30 years ago <laughs> what now. What the it's fuck like, oh are we talking God. about, man? It if you told me COVID made the moon fall, I'd, I'd believe it more. <laughs> it reminded me of the end of Mission to Mars. Where the alien explains to Gary Baby Sinise steps. what the fuck happened that, uh, you know, the origin of life. If, if you haven't seen the end of Mission to Mars, just YouTube end of Mission to Mars. <laughs> and then YouTube 2012 John Cusack limo. <laughs> you got a lot to YouTube listeners, dear listeners. So uh, there was there was a part where I legitimately uh, like a joke I legitimately thought was funny. While Patrick Wilson is getting this info dump from his digi son, Halle Berry and Game of Thrones guy are looking for him, and he's calling out, Brian! Brian! Brian Harper! And Halle looks at him, and she's like, how many Brians you think are on the moon? Yeah. And there was laughter in the weary audience, and I, I, I think I probably made this sound. <laughs> and that, that was big. That's yeah. big. That's big for this movie. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're intercutting with this B story 
of that these, B story just needed to be it was shattered. So it bad. was very tiresome. The, and because I the other story, I was into I was, it. It was show fine. me it was just fine. cut back and forth between disaster, world falling apart yes. footage, and shit going on in the middle of you know. Throttling the man, but we're following these kids and this nanny and Michael, uh, Michael Pena and Michael Pena who plays the <laughs> the son's stepfather. They're going through the Colorado tundra with like light jackets on. They are not cold at all. Mm-mm. And there are these like marauders that are like terrorizing them. Like a hilarious just, chase, just to give us action just scenes with this Lexus. Yeah, just, just total to sh- waste of time. Show us fucking CW like, like Riverdale jerks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, man, we need the oxygen. We need that oxygen. We need man. that oxygen. <laughs> Pulling guns. I know what's going on. I know what's going down. And the oxygen slowly runs out. Michael Pena dies, which that's Lucas's theory that Roland Emmerich is getting back at. (laughs) Of course it is. I mean, seriously, think about it. His ex is. Did Michael Pena deserve to die? Was he a bad stepdad? Was he taking the oxygen from his daughter? No. Well, I mean, he was basically outfitting and decorating his entire apartment from the touch of modern catalog. (laughs) I mean, somebody in this movie needed to die, and I guess it was him. And a giant tree falls on Wilson's son, and he's trapped. And the nanny, who (laughs) she hasn't had, she hasn't had any impact on this movie up until now. She encounters him, and again. There's there's low oxygen, but she finds the strength to lift the entire tree off of him and save him. Well, no, it, she does it while the moon's gravity gives her a boost. Oh, see, I, I, I she, him she screams at him. She says, hurry, help me. The moon's going to help us. And then, like, oh, the moon helps yeah, them. Yeah. See, I didn't understand what she was saying. Right. I yeah. just thought it was some moon, moon, the moon talk. was pulling back away. But so they had given up. Like, the boy was just like, go leave me. I just need to die now. And she was like, no, the moon's going to help us. Yeah, he's totally fine just crushed under this tree. Yeah, no one's totally fine. Internal organ damage or. Lungs punctured by broken ribs. So, you know, yada, yada, yada. They save the moon. Patrick Wilson and Halle Berry land in Colorado. Part of the Chrysler building, the top of it, is also in Colorado. (laughs) That shows how crazy this destruction was. And Patrick Wilson asks his ex-wife, where's Tom? The guy who just died. Michael Penna. Michael Penna. Scientologist. She shakes her head as if to say he didn't make it. And then <laughs> in a line read that suggests that he just kind of forgot to get hot sauce for her Taco Bell order, he says, ah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and and the all, perfect description of it. All of oh, the damn. Pe- all of the pent up <laughs> angst. That Lucas was building, just pressure packing from the previous two hours, came out in this thunderous, prolonged laugh that rivals Robert De Niro in Cape Fear yeah. in the movie theater. Lucas, it's like that. Yes. That's what it is. And... It brought me great joy. And again, this is after a character is is pronounced dead. <laughs> yes. The theater is silent. <laughs> Lucas is just, la- he's just, he is just pissing all over this movie with his laughter. 
And God bless you for it. Yeah. But like, you're right, though, Lodge Master, because they held on Patrick Wilson while he delivered the entire line. It was the worst take. It was probably the only take. And it's like if anyone in their right mind was like, dude, we got to cut around this. Like, we got to cut around. We got to cut to his kid's nope. face or Halle Berry's face. Nope. But, like, they just held on him, and it was like dropping a dead fish on the dinner table. Is, but is it totally ignorant <laughs> if from all sides all comers or is is somebody aware enough that they're like this is just going to be funny and making fun of what we're doing you mean the movie yeah like those moments are so stark and in relief of just like this this is fucking emoji level dialogue no no no. i'll answer that right now brother andrew (laughs) is ronald emmerich you're right like I, i have a theory that all people like whatever their last big greatest like apex mountain success was is when they stop emotionally maturing. It's like you get stunted, right? So if you're the quarterback in high school and that's your best years, you're going to be like a 55-year-old dude driving like a jacked-up truck with a modified muffler with the like steel ball sack on the fender. (laughs) And in this movie, yeah, like like Independence Day 1996, I remember I was was alive when it came out. It was like the biggest fucking hit of all time. It was huge. Mm. Spaceships, the quarter mile, the size of a city. Hello, oh my my God. So Ronald Emmerich, 25 years later, however many fucking years later it is since that movie, <laughs> is still thinking and living and <laughs> acting like it's 1996. Okay. And I know this because the movie cut every one Mississippi, you know, like he was like, no, kids, MTV, cut, 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 cut. We need to keep cutting. We need to make it serious. We need to make it dramatic. We need to make it scary. Whoa. And it's like, dude, you are a fucking rich asshole living in a vacuum bubble like George Lucas and all the other assholes who have all these yes men single fans surrounding them jerking them off you have no fucking idea what's good or bad do you <laughs> do you he's on fire truth let's go to those moonfall bones all right um Lucas, I mean, what, what are you going to do? I, I think I know, but let's let's just get it out of the way. First to bone. I would just like to say that just because we can lodgecast a movie doesn't mean we should <laughs> talk lodgecast to, talk a movie. Talk to Bishke about that. <laughs> I feel we should be aiming for movies that maybe <laughs> our listeners want to watch someday, but I, I can tell you right now that none of our listeners are going to watch this movie. Maybe the ones that have children, like my BFF, like maybe his six or seven year old will be like, daddy, daddy, I want to watch the, the thing. Moonfall They're going to watch it through us. That's what, that's a service that we provide. We fall on these mega structure grenades. And maybe if this movie had a different, better, more unique or original point of view, I don't know. Let's say it's the girl from West Side Story, you know, Rachel Ziegler. It's a live rewrite. It's a live rewrite. Boom. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. It's her quinceañera. It's supposed to be this big party, kind of like a bar mitzvah for a Jewish person, but she's Latina. And then all of a sudden the moon starts falling. So like her and her family have got to get to safety. But she like she wants to like say goodbye to her boyfriend, like her high school sweetheart. because nice. She might not ever see him again. I'm with it. So, like, the whole movie is, like, War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise, except Rachel Zeigler's got to get from, let's say, East Hollywood or East Los, you know, to the West Side. And mm. the West Side's, like, the most dangerous place because that's where the gravity wave climax is going to, like, wipe the whole West Coast out. 
But she doesn't care because she wants to say goodbye to her one true love before they all die. Because guess what, folks? They're all dying in the end. There's no happy endings here. Not in 2020. Not in 2022. You could call it West Side Story 2. There you go. See, you get me. You're hearing me. You're getting what I'm laying down. So if you pitched me that movie and you botched it like you did tonight, I'd give you a bone. But if you pitched me the movie we just saw, beat for beat, I would tell Roland Emmerich... No, pass. I do not validate parking. This is a wolf! (laughs) (laughs) There's sometimes where a wolf has got to be right on the edge of four bones, I think. Yes, yes. There's some old stereo equipment that if you turn the volume all the way down, it'll snap back to 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're doing that here, though. But you never know. Andrew, what are you going to do? Let me hit a couple of things that that I think need to be discussed. The fact that um, basically a radical apeshit conspiracy theorist gets completely justified is rather problematic in this um, time period. And it is direct pandering to that kind of crowd. This guy is basically a stand-in for fucking QAnon, and he saves the fucking earth. Yeah, and he's giving like a PowerPoint presentation in a hotel, like, conference room to, like... He's made to look Q like a fucking loser. To, like, yeah. eight grungy his, QAnon like, folks. idea that's so outrageous but ends up turning out to be true. That's a good it's point, It's deeply Andrew. problematic in this uh, day and age. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I looked through my notes. I have a couple of small things to add. Please. There's a moment where the line... I have debilitating anxiety comes up. Yes. And just so you know, the temperature of the room, there was one girl to the left of where we were sitting, and that made her crack the fuck up. Oh, wow. Hmm. Just the simple sentence, I have debilitating anxiety. (laughs) Um, Also, I liked how yachts floated around like cookies in a kid's lunchbox. That like as if there's just yachts all over the world and that's what we're littered with. They're just everywhere. We're lousy with yachts. Lousy with yachts. I think I'm gonna have to do the two and a half bones. Two and a half. I'm gonna give it two and a half. Um, the moments I liked, I really liked. I thought there were sequences held my attention, really made me smile out of the pure idiotic synergy of it all. Because it takes a lot of idiocy to really get in stride and to be in such sync with itself and with other idiocies. (laughs) And for that, it was really special. The other parts were really negative. Very, very, very bad. Absolutely insane bad and the synergy just didn't happen and so you don't necessarily blame the hothead for his rage no 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 i don't i really think that something synergistic fucking happens this is a yeah. this is a powerpoint business presentation yes we're going to use that kind of jargon um and stiltedness that's the only way to think about how lines are delivered and how people look on screen like they're fucking dead and soulless yeah. it's like that they have been the eyes have no life behind them that's right. Two and a half. That's great. That's a great assessment for a two and a half. <laughs> I love it. Bordering on three, <laughs> bordering, mind you. Bordering on three. I thought about saying it, but oh, it just, man. No. That's, that's fantastic. Okay. So the love and light levels are back up. We've gone from woof to two and a half. Pishki, what kind of trickster nonsense are you going to employ here? Well, I'm much in line with Brother Andrew. Um, oh, Jesus. Like... <laughs> I mean, I was in the mood for something dumb. Yeah. 
something blow my brains out, stupid. Uh, I have had a tough week. Yes. I, I got my catalytic converter stolen. I got a uh, poison oak rash that Jesus, I take out. Terrible. Yeah, it was, it was bad, steroids and everything. Anyway, Roland delivered. He was going full throttle, Roland, <laughs> for at least a good hour. And it was bringing me back to why, because it's been so long since The Day After Tomorrow, which is the last film I saw from him. Right. The script is just, and like, no one ever sees this, but see, like, maybe, like, a half hour of it just to <laughs> check in with it. Yeah. Um, but then once they get into space, because I like the destruction stuff. It's yes. kind of like once you get over the destruction hump of a destruction movie, then you're always in kind of a no you're man. drift. You're adrift. You're in a no man's land. And this you're movie- in that awful B-plot. Yeah. You're just stuck <laughs> in the middle of the moon in this in this mega structure. And so then the bones started falling a little bit, but I gave it two bones because two. it's right on the Amorth line for me. And uh, and the big laugh, and Lucas's big laugh at the end. <laughs> that, that like, drove it up. Drove it back up again and-, and uh, and this is what I need. I I I can't think much more, really, because my brain is just fried. It's just so. melted. Yeah. Lucas, can you believe what's going on in this car? <laughs> Lucas is on his phone. He's checked yeah, out. Yeah, whatever. I don't, yeah, let's just wrap it up so I can go home. <laughs> well, you'll be pleased to note, Lucas, that I'm not going to be as generous with this movie. This was an excruciating grind to get through. I even wished that the recline angle would be a little bit, little bit farther, just so I could sneak a few Z's in during some of this exposition. But alas, I could not. I was not stoned. I was not drunk. I was taking this straight in the eyeballs. And I have to give credit to the gravity wave. I was really touched by that. And I will remember the second salad dragon, that expo dump from the Digi Child, <laughs> which is like the Matrix room with the KFC Colonel Sanders. I think I'm going to give a quarter of a bone for each of those, which brings us to a Roger Ebert Memorial half bone for me. I hated, hated, hated this movie. That's all I can muster. This this is punishing. An hour should have been cut from it. I couldn't. I could barely take it. Are you ready for the sequel though? Because the way it ended. Basically, correct. Correct. sets us up mm. for the Sunfall. Sunfall. Sunfall's next year, folks. Sunfall coming to you it's in 2023. A justified conspiracy theorist who has just saved the Earth is now about to repopulate the entire solar system because it sets up for him to be fucking a bunch of space nymphs in the conspiracy theorist basement guy dream. <laughs> yeah, true. And you rewarded it with two and a half bones. I did. So. They're, they're going to take that and run with it. We'll, that, be, there, we'll be there, Andrew. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I will. Uh, we'll see if there's a theater to house it. Brother Andrew, thank you for going on this moon mission with us. Thank you, Brother Andrew. Thank you. Oh, thank you. The Great crowd. The sweet smell of your whiskey in the air was one of the <laughs> few bright spots for me. Whiskey and herbal tea. And God uh, bless you. Brother Bishke, I don't know about these disaster movies. I don't know. Ah, you know, we don't have to do anymore. Uh, but I just wanted to, this one is like, they don't, they don't make these much anymore. That's so. true. That's true. Look up to the moon tonight and appreciate it if it's not falling on your head. And Roland Emmerich had the balls and audacity to this very week criticize Marvel superhero movies for being dumb and stupid and lame. And I was like, you're projecting, dude. What, whatever you're saying about those movies, you're really saying about yourself. Boom. Boom. That's a moon burn. Love and truth and light. Love and moonlight, y'all. 
I never wanted to be a man of mystery. My life's an open book by James Joyce and Agatha Christie. Sometimes I get confused somewhere around page two. I live the perfect crime, and crime pays more than it used to. They're checking the evidence Maybe some charges pressed The only one that got me on Is some misdemeanor craziness If it all falls down, falls down, falls down If they solve my life, they find me out Never thought to keep all I have found I have had my fun if it all falls down Wasted in the sweat of my anger.